from Andres Bergen, the acclaimed creator of the popular graphic novel Bullet Gal, comes the retelling of the classic Tristan and Isolde. Tristan Holt turns things on its head and places our heroes in a 70s pulp world. Queenie rules with an iron fist, and when two of her best men are killed, it's up to her niece Trista to find out what happened. Tristan Holt by Andres Bergen. Available online at If Comics. That's if question mark C-O-M-M-I-X. Issues also available at dollardownloads.com. You're listening to the Candare Podcast. Your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley, and I'm alone here in the studio this week as we're taking the week off from the show. But we're not taking the week off from entertaining you folks. What we're doing is we're working on a little uh, secret video, I guess. Uh, I think Jack's put a few teasers out on Twitter about what we're doing. A little video that's going to involve some green screen and uh, some stop-motion animation. First time we're trying that out, really, so we'll see how that goes. But that should be online here in the next few weeks, uh, so keep an eye out on Twitter and Instagram. I'm sure we'll be blasting it on there, uh, and hopefully you enjoy it. So leave us a lot of comments after you see it, and uh, tell us what you think. So, as our loyal listeners know, every time we take a week off, we give you the next three episodes of the 1940 Superman radio show. And this week, you're going to be getting episode 10, The Stabbing of June Anderson, Episode 11, The North Star Mining Company, and Episode 12, The Steamship. Uh, you can go back and listen to our episodes, Episode 73, 82, and 86, to listen to the first nine episodes in chronological order if you wanted to uh, catch up before listening to these episodes. So, without further ado, let's just jump right into 1940s Superman Radio Show. Presenting the transcription feature... Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, strange visitor from interplanetary space who has arrived on Earth to fight for the cause of justice, and in his disguise as Clark Kent news reporter to investigate the ways and lives of men. When we last saw him, Kent was one of a small group made up of the ambulance surgeon, the fire chief, the photographer from the Daily Planet, and the half-hysterical unknown girl whom Kent, as Superman, had just rescued from the blazing inferno of the Sterling Tower. As she was borne off to the ambulance, the girl broke into wild, delirious cries of stop them, catch them, catch them, and then lapsed again into unconsciousness. Today, as our story continues, Kent is waiting in a reception room of the hospital hoping that the girl, whose identity is still unknown, will recover enough to tell who she is and throw light on the mysterious origin of the fire, which authorities are convinced was purposely set. But meanwhile, as Kent waits in the reception room, a powerful black sedan speeds through the night, far out of town on a highway for the west. Two men are tense in the front seat. One holds the wheel, while the other nervously turns the dials of the car's radio. Listen. Watch it, Bart. Curve coming up. I'm not blind. I can see it. 
Hey! You didn't have to do that. Listen, Joe. The more miles we put between us and the Sterling Tower, the better. And the quicker, the better, too. You think it's all over? Certainly it's all over. They'll never even find her. Let alone catch on about us. What are you doing with that radio? Picking up the late news. Oh, what's the matter? Worried about your investment? You might hear something. Well, I can tell you one thing. North Star Mining went down. <laughs> about 20 floors down. Ah, don't be so funny. Yeah, and if that girl had ever got out with her story, it'd be lower than that. And us along with it. And at the moment, on all fronts, there are no further developments. Locally, interest still centers on the mysterious fire which destroyed the Sterling Tower early today. This is it. Listen. Fire department officials are waiting to explore the ruins. To confirm suspicions, the fire was of incendiary origin. What's that? Stop the car. Pull up. Unfortunately, the only victim of the fire, who can throw light on this angle, is a former secretary employed by the North Star Mining Company. What? Company offices of the North Star Mining Company were on the 20th floor of the tower where the fire started. But the girl escaped under mysterious circumstances. She is now in a critical condition at the city hospital. Escaped? She couldn't have. It's not possible. Representatives of the district attorney's office are waiting to question the young secretary if and when her condition makes it possible. Question? Why? You hear that? Meanwhile, Metropolitan Police are searching for two of the mining company's chief executives who have mysteriously disappeared. Bartley Pemberton, company's president, and Joseph Deneen, treasurer and vice president in charge of operations, both of whom are wanted for questioning. If they... Bart, why don't you shut it off? We want to hear the rest of it. I heard enough, Joe. More than enough. Hey, Bart, where are you going? What are you turning around Where for? am I going? Where do you think I'm going, you fool? But you're turning back. You bet I'm turning back. Right back where we came from. But you're crazy. We've got to get away. We can't get away. Not now. Not till we fix that girl so she can't squeal. Where did the guy say? City hospital? Well, what are you going to do? Now listen, Joe. Pull yourself together. You're in this just as much as I am. I know, but... A couple of that girl's relatives, her cousin and her old uncle, that's you and me, are going to call on her the minute she's well enough and see her alone. We can't. They'll get us. Wait, Bart. Wait, nothing. We've got to get to her before she sees the DA. Now, hang on. Dr. Palmer wanted in surgery. Dr. Palmer wanted in surgery. Dr. Burns, report to 804. Dr. Burns, report to 804. Oh, a hospital sure does a rushing business in doctors. Hello there, nurse. Hello, Mr. Kent. Still waiting around? Oh, sure. I haven't anything else to do. Well, you're all alone now. Huh? What do you mean? Well, the man from the district attorney's office gave it up. Oh? He said to call him when the girl wakes up. How is she, nurse? Think she'll pull through all right? She's pulled through already. He was just shocked and smoked. Well, then why can't I see her? Well, she's still a little upset. She woke up a while ago and said something about a car and some men. A car? Yes, I think that's what it was. I'd have called you, but she dropped off again. I thought she needed her rest more than you did your interview. Thanks, nurse. My pal. So she talked about a car, eh? Yes, and two men. Say, where are you going? Oh, just out on that sun porch. Get a little air. Now, listen, that sun porch is open. You'll catch your death of cold. Oh, no, no. I, I like the cold. Well, all right. Suit yourself. You've probably got at least an hour, but whatever you do, don't leave that door open. I won't. <sighs> She's right. It is cold. And what's a little thing like cold to Superman? I knew I'd find out something if I hung around here long enough. 
Two men in a car, eh? Not much to go on, but I've an hour or so to look. Two men in a car. And if they had anything to do with that fire, they're heading away from town. I wonder if they're the officers of that North Star Mining Company, Pemberton and Deneen. Well, if I catch up with them, I'll soon find out. Here we go. The red lights. Don't want to get us picked up now, do you? Shut up and keep your head. We're turning in at this parking lot. Where's the hospital? It's right around the corner. I'll ask the attendant to make sure. Here he comes. Evening, gentlemen. Okay, Mac. How much to park? Fifty cents for the first hour. Dime for every hour extra. We won't be over an hour. Oh, uh, where's the city hospital? Uh, straight down the avenue. First block to the right. Can't miss it. Don't worry. We won't miss it. Yeah, we won't miss her either. Come on, go us later than I thought. We'd better step on it. What if the DA got there first? We'll worry about that when we have to. Remember now, I'm her uncle and you're her cousin who she hasn't seen for days. All set? Listen, are you sure we Come got... on, don't get chicken-hearted. Make it good. Short and snappy. Okay. No luck. Looked into 500 cars and haven't found a thing. Either that girl was raving or they slipped by me in the dark. Huh. Wait. There's a car coming up the road with two men in it. I'll drop down. No time to become Clark Kent. Here they come. I'll stand in the middle of the road. They're not going to stop. They're swerving. But I'll stop them. Hey, It's a police car. The last people in the world I want to meet right now. Hey, you, what's the big idea? You're trying to wreck us? Hey, come back! Pass, he's playing! Up in the air! Plug him! Plug him! Nice shooting, officer. One of those bullets bounced off my chest. Sorry, I can't wait to explain. Gotta get back to that hospital. Wasted enough time. That girl's probably ready to talk now. So long. Back to the city. Mr. Kent, are you still waiting? Oh, goodness, where is he? Are you looking for me, nurse? My land, don't tell me you've been out on that porch all this time. Oh, why not? Why, it's over an hour. Aren't you frozen? Oh, not me. I like it. What about the patient? Is she awake? Oh, yes. She even has some visitors. Visitors? From the district attorney's office? Uh, no, a couple of relatives. Relatives? I didn't know she had any. Well, evidently she has. An uncle and a cousin. And they're with her now? Well, they really shouldn't be, of course, but they were so anxious and they wanted to see her so badly that I, I stretched a point and let them in. How long have they been with her? Just went in. Well, what's the matter? Nurse, let me go in and talk to them. You? Why, I should say not. Please, nurse. Not until the doctor says it's all right. Now, look, nurse, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put your picture in the paper. How's that? You can't do that. I will, I promise. A picture and a, a nice little story. How about it? Well, well, you stay here till I call you. I'll see how she is. Two relatives. And this is the first time they show up when the girl's been here over 12 hours and every paper in town's full of the story. Something mighty queer about this. <coughs> what the? Somebody screamed. Mr. 
Say, mister, two men. They were in one of the rooms. Anybody go through here? No, I haven't seen a sign of them. Hey, wait. What did they do? Nurse says they stabbed a girl. Hey, there. Stabbed hey. a girl? Hey. Nurse. Nurse, where are you? Oh, Mr. Kent, those men. They weren't her relatives. They went into her room and stabbed her. Stabbed her? The doctor. Miss Gray, where's, the, where's Dr. Peter? Nurse, how badly she hurt? Is she dead? I don't know. She's unconscious. Miss Gray, come in here and help quickly. Oh, thank heaven, Dr. Peter. Yes. yes, right away, nurse. Daily Planet, rewrite desk. Listen, this is Clark Kent calling from City Hospital. Now get this, Max. Okay, Kent, shoot. It's about that girl they rescued from the Sterling Tower fire. She's in the City Hospital accident ward, and a couple of alleged relatives got by the nurse at her room. Relatives, okay. Only they weren't relatives. Nobody knows who they are, but they got into the girl's room and stabbed her. So far, the extent of her injuries is not known. Not known. Listen, is she dead or isn't she? Well, Max, I don't know. Well, find out, Kent. Find out and call back as soon as you can. I'll wait right here by the phone and hurry, will you? This sounds like it might have been. Have Deneen and Pemberton, the two crooked owners of the North Star Mining Company, sealed their former secretary's lips forever? And why were they willing to risk arrest? in order to get her out of the way. There are startling developments yet to come, thrilling adventures in which Clark Kent and Superman play a major part. Don't miss the next sensational installment of Superman. When we last saw Clark Kent, he was in the midst of a baffling mystery. Waiting at the hospital to interview the girl he had saved in the nick of time from a burning building, he had heard a scream. Two men, posing as the girl's relatives, had visited her room, stabbed her, and suddenly vanished. Today, as our story continues, some time has passed. The girl's injury proved not to be serious, and she is now well enough to give Clark Kent his interview, though nervous and upset. As her story approaches its climax, she becomes more and more excited. Listen. Mr. Kent, when I woke up here in the hospital, the first thing I saw, the very first thing were those two faces bending over my bed, Bartley Pemberton and Joseph Deneen. They're the ones who tried to kill you? But they're the head officers of the North Star Mining Company. Of course they are. Don't you understand? Mr. Kent, I was their office secretary. About two months ago, I found out what they were doing. Mr. Kent, they weren't honest. They were swindlers. They sold people's stock in a mine out west, a mine with no gold in it. Go on, Miss Anderson, if you're not too tired. I want you to know what happened. I found some letters and some secret diagrams and maps. And then came the morning of the fire. Yes, go on. I got down to the office early that morning and began going through his desk. I was in his office all alone. I knew I had at least an hour before he got in. I stood there, opening and shutting drawers. And all the time, I didn't have any idea that there was somebody watching me from the closet. <gasps> have you, by any chance, been investigating the activities of the North Star Mine, Miss Anderson? Have you? All right. Since you've caught me, yes, I have. You've caught me, and I've caught you, you swindlers. Why, you Hold little... it, Joe. Now, look here, girl. What do you mean by calling us swindlers? You realize you can go to jail for that? Jail? You're a fine pair to be talking about jail. That's where you're going. I've got written proof. No, that's a lie, Miss Anderson. You have no proof. No? What about that letter you wrote a month ago to Barker out west? 
What about the crooked figures? What about those records you were looking for just last week? Well, what about them? I have them, that's all. Yeah? Every single one of them. Where are they? Where you'll never find them, Joseph Deneen. Never in the world. Not you or anybody else. Are you sure of that, Miss Anderson? Mr. Deneen and I are very clever at finding things. You'll never find these papers. I'm the only one in the world who knows where they are. The only one, huh? Well, how fortunate. All right, grab it, Joe. She told us all we need to know. Get away. Don't you dare. Go on, go on, yell. There's nobody here. It won't be for another half hour. And by that time, by that time, Miss Anderson, we'll be gone. Gone for good, and you'll still be here. Go on, Joe. Catch her. Tie her up. Here, wait a minute. I'll give you a hand. I guess I was a fool, all right, Mr. Kent. I just didn't stop to think. I shouldn't have told him I was the only person who knew. Oh, Miss Anderson, those papers, why were they so anxious to keep anyone from finding them? Mr. Kent, I don't know. Must be something more than just proof of the swindle. Miss Anderson, where did you hide them? What did you do with those maps and diagrams? My brother. He's the captain of a freight steamer, the Madison. Yes? I gave him all the papers in a package and told him to put them in the ship's safe. And that's where they are now? Does your brother know what they are? No, I didn't tell him. Oh, Mr. Kent, I can just see those two faces bending over me. I can't stand it. Here, please, Miss Anderson, don't. Look, here comes the nurse. Uh, Mr. Kent, I just heard from an orderly. Those men came in a car. A car? What kind of a car? A big black sedan, licensed 2406. 2406. So long, Miss Anderson. Where are you going? To find that car. Thanks, nurse. Mr. Kent, it's still at the parking lot. They left it there. Fine, that makes it easier. See you later. 2406. Well, if that isn't a break, I never heard one. Ah, here's the parking lot. And there's the car. Down. Down. Now to see what I can find. Maybe an address, records, something to tell where they are. Ah, locked. I've got to get in. Hope nobody's looking. Now then, I'll just take a door off. That'll be quickest. Once more... Uh, now into the glove compartment. Now, oh, nothing. Nothing but guns. Two pistols. Well, Superman can take care of those. Hey, hey, what's that guy doing? Look! Oh, they've seen me. Gotta get out of here. He's wrecked the car. He's thrown the door off. Get him! Get him! Yeah, come on, run after him, man. Let's get a hold of him. Sorry, boys. Can't stay. Gotta get back to my paper and write up this story as Clark Kent. In a hideout near the waterfront, Bartley Pemberton and Joseph Deneen stare grimly at the black type that tells so much and is so silent on the one thing they want most to know, whether their ex-secretary, June Anderson, has turned the incriminating papers over to the police. Pemberton decides to visit the Daily Planet office and learn what he can. Disguised as Dr. Ambrose, an investor in the North Star Mining Company, he pays a call on Clark Kent. Hey there, Kent. Somebody wants to see you. Huh? All right, who is he? Right this way. That's Mr. Kent. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Kent, Mr. Clark Kent, who wrote the story on the North Star yes, Line. I'm Clark Kent. <clears throat> what can I do for you? Uh, won't you sit down? Uh, thanks. Uh, Mr. Kent, I'm a medical man, Dr. Ambrose. And Ambrose? every penny I possess is invested in the North Star Mining Company. Oh, say, I'm terribly sorry, Doctor. Oh, Mr. Kent, you don't mean that. I'm afraid that. I do. Those fellows, Pemberton and Deneen, were out-and-out confidence men. Swindlers. What? They were? Why, the crooks, the rascals. I'm sorry about your savings, Doctor. Mr. Kent, my loss is not half so serious as the fact that men like that are still at large. Well, don't worry. 
They won't be long. Oh, you'll catch them? You have proof? Not yet, but we will have. Not yet? I, I don't understand. If you haven't the proof now, where is it? Oh, Kent. Kent, man, I, I've been looking for you everywhere. Oh, I, I'm sorry I didn't see you were busy. Oh, Mr. White, I just got in. Uh, this is Dr. Ambrose. He invested in the North Star Mine. Yes. Mr. White, doctor. Uh, how do you do, How doctor? do you do? Yes, I should say I did invest. Uh, it was great work on your part, Kent. I just got a call from the district attorney's office. What did they say? They checked the girl's story, and it's true. She has got a brother who's the captain of a tramp steamer, and she did give him the package of papers just before he sailed. Well, bless me, you don't mean it. Yes, isn't that something, Doctor? Uh, where's the tramp steamer heading for, Mr. White? Well, they asked us not to print it, but she's the Madison, running south from here to Charleston. The, uh, Madison, hey? When will it arrive in Charleston? Well, the day after tomorrow. And the minute she docks, one of the DA's men will step aboard and pick up the package. I guess that'll put those crooks behind the bars all right when they're caught. Uh Yes, indeed, Mr. Editor, when they're caught. Well, uh, I'll not keep on disturbing you, gentlemen. Don't say, no. I didn't mean to interrupt you and Kent. If there's anything you want to know, Dr. Ambrose... Not a thing, Mr. Kent. I'll just run along. My business, you know, it's it's been a pleasure, a real pleasure. Well, if you're sure there's nothing I can tell you... No, no, nothing whatever. You've told me all there is to tell. Well, good day, gentlemen. Good day. Real pleasure. Well, what do you make of him, Kent? I can't imagine, Mr. White. He's probably worried stiff over his money. Mm, you can't blame him for that. No. Now, where are you going? Back up to the hospital. There's a whole lot more of that story. I want to talk to that Anderson girl again. See you later, Mr. White. And you say you've heard from your brother? I had a wireless message. Uh-huh. The papers are all right. And he'll turn them over to the police when he docks at Charleston. Well, now all we have to do is find Deneen and Pemberton. I'll feel safer when they're caught. <laughs> you and an old doctor that called him here a while ago said he'd invested heavily in the North Star Mining Company. Poor man. What was his name? Why, uh, Ambrose. Dr. Ambrose. I don't recall any investor by that name. And all the time I was talking to Mr. White about the Madison, the doctor just stood there biting his lips and tapping his index finger on the desk as though... Oh, what's the matter, Miss Anderson? What did you say he did? Bit his lips and tapped with his finger? Why, yes. What's so odd about that? Nothing. Only, Mr. Kent, this old doctor, do you remember how tall he was? Sure, about oh, half a head shorter than I am. And did his eyebrows meet in front in a straight line? Why, yes, they did. Mr. Kent, the finger that he tapped with, was there a scar on the knuckle? Did you notice that? Miss Anderson... You know him? Who was he? Oh, can't you guess, Mr. Kent? It was Bartley Pemberton, president of the North Star Mining Company. And now he knows. Bartley Pemberton? Well, Miss Anderson, what if he does know? Oh, don't you see? Don't you understand? He wants those papers. He'll do anything to get them. He'll take a plane or a fast oh, boat. He'll no, catch no. the steamer. Oh, He'll sure kill you my brother. Oh, Mr. Kent, don't come to Now we're really getting somewhere. Take a boat, will he? And catch the steamer and kill the captain. I think not, Pemberton. Not this time, and not while Superman is around. Ah, there's Sandy Hook. You've got a good start, Pemberton, but you'll need it. Faster, faster! Is that the Madison? That big hulk up there ahead? That's her, boss. Blood up with her in good shape. Watch out for this wave! Hart, what are you going to do? Hoist distress signals, shoot off the rocket, get that captain to take us aboard. And what? Well, then we'll see. But whatever happens, we've got to have those papers. So make sure nobody else does. Stand by, Joe. Here comes more water. 
All right, sailor, let go of the rockets. Signal that freighter to heave to. Give her the whistle. Aye, aye, sir. What will happen on board the Madison when Pemberton and Deneen demand the papers from Captain Anderson's safe? And when Superman comes streaking down from the northern sky in hot pursuit? Tune in next time and follow the story. Tune in with us next time and follow the exciting transcription, Superman. When we last saw Superman in his character of Clark Kent, news reporter for the Daily Planet, he had just learned that the two swindlers, Bartley Pemberton and Joseph Deneen, were heading south in a high-speed cruiser in order to catch up with the freight steamer Madison on her way to Charleston. As our story continues today, Superman is winging his way down the coast, straining his eyes for the first glimpse of the powerboat or the freighter. But Pemberton and Deneen have caught up with the Madison. Four sharp blasts of their whistle, red rockets, distress signals, and the freighter is motionless in the black water, waiting for the smaller boat to come alongside. On the deck of the cruiser, Bartley Pemberton gives a last quick order to the man at the wheel. Listen. Pay attention, sailor. Okay, Cap. Make it fast, Bart. They're dropping a ladder over the side. Head her in there, sailor. And get this. I'm listening. We're going on board that freighter to get something, you understand? If we don't get it, there may be trouble. Big trouble. So what? So stick around to pick us up. We'll want to make a fast getaway, so stay close. Ready to beat it. Get set, Pod. What do we do now? Stand by to grab that ladder, Joe. All right, sailor. Ahoy on that cruiser. We're waiting for you. Don't worry. You won't wait long. Go ahead, sailor. Edge in toward that ladder. All right, Mr. Burns. Hold her under a dead slow bell. We see what's wrong with those fellows. Aye, aye, Captain Anderson. Ahoy down there. What about the cruiser? What's wrong with her? Captain, sir, two men are coming up the ladder. They want to see you. They want to see me? Ask them what they mean by sounding distress signals. Well, there they are, Captain. Coming over the rail now. What do you want done with them? Better have a mighty good reason for stopping us, Mr. Burns. If they haven't, I'll put them in irons. Ahoy there. Bring those two men up to my cabin. Anybody else coming aboard? No, sir. They say that's all. Mr. Burns, hold us steady. Steady she is, sir. Keep an eye on the weather, Mr. Burns. It's thickening up. Very good, sir. Sound your foghorn while we're hove to. Have Mr. Olson bring those men to my cabin. And a few moments later, Pemberton and Deneen are ushered to Captain Anderson's cabin. Come in. Here they are, sir, the two men off the cruiser. Come in, gentlemen. Oh, Captain. Am I addressing Captain Vincent Anderson? Yes, sir, you are. Captain, my friend and I have followed your ship, the Madison, all the way down the coast, hoping to catch up with you. You know you've stopped a vessel on government service? Government service? I thought this was a freighter, a tramp. Thank you for your description of us, sir. As it happens, we're carrying munitions. Munitions? Well, isn't that a bit dangerous, Captain? Don't worry. Transporting gun cotton and TNT isn't half as dangerous as giving false signals of distress, as you'll find out. Just let us explain, Captain. Captain Anderson, we've been sent by your sister, June. Before you sailed, she gave you a certain package of papers, didn't she? Sealed in oilskin? What up? Are they in that safe there in the wall? What business is it of yours? Your sister told us to get them. So if it isn't too much trouble, Captain... One moment, mister. I suppose my sister gave you written instructions. Uh, a letter? Well? No, as a matter of fact, she didn't. She didn't have time. Oh, she didn't have time. Well, I'm sorry, gentlemen, but I don't believe you. No, look here, Captain. Say, listen. I say I don't believe you. If this thing was so all-fired important, you'd follow me down the coast, make use of fake distress signals to get me to pick you up. 
You ought to be able to prove what you say. Listen, Captain, we've got to have those papers. You'll get them when we land at Charleston. And I've talked with my sister by phone, but not until then. Is that so, Captain Anderson? Stand where you are, please. Why, you... What do you mean, putting a gun on me? I mean business, Captain. Keep your hands up. All right, Joe. Get after that safe. You'll land in prison for this. Quiet, please. Well, what about it, Joe? Nothing doing, Bart. Have to blow it. Didn't he say there was soup in the hold? That's right. Carrying munitions, aren't you, Captain? Show us how to get to the hold. Find out for yourself. I said take us to the hold, Captain. I'm not fooling. Open the door, Joe. Now listen to me, Captain Anderson. You're going to take us down along the deck and into the hold. No, I'll be shot if I will. You'll be shot if you don't. We've come a long way, Captain. We've done a good deal to make sure of those papers, and we won't stop now. Not even at murder. Get going. Go on. Keep moving. I'm right behind you, Captain, with this pistol in my pocket. If we meet any of your crew, keep quiet. All right, now move. Out of the captain's cabin, along the deck, and into the echoing stillness of the hold. All right, this will do nicely. Just sit down now and take it easy, Captain, while Mr. Deneen makes you comfortable. Tie him up, Joe. What are you going to do, Bart? Carry some stuff back up to the cabin and blow the safe? Oh, no, it takes much time. As long as those papers are destroyed, as long as they're lost, we're all right. But if you don't get them out of the safe... They'll remain in the safe, and the safe will remain on the ship, and the ship will be blown to pieces. Oh, no. What do you mean to do, you murdering pirate? What I mean to do, Captain Anderson, is to remove every trace of you and your ship. Why, you'd never dare. You're out of your mind. You're a plain man. Help! 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 Go on, Joe! Help! Get out of the head! Shoot them, Bob. Ah, it's too noisy. They might hear us. Listen, are you really going to blow up the whole boat? Why not? Quick, we'll set a fire right down here. Far enough off to give us time to get away ourselves. And then we'll beat it. Nobody will ever know. Here, help me break into this case. It's more dangerous. Keep away from fire. This is it, all right. All right. Now rip open these sacks. Spread it all around the floor. That's the way. All right, now, now make a little trail over to the door where we came in. I'll help you. Where are you going to build the fire? If you started here, we'd be caught ourselves. Don't be a fool. How's our friend? Out like a light. But he won't stay that way. Well, you won't have to. Five minutes is all we need. All right, now, give me a hand. We're going to build a fight. Work fast. A flickering glow in the darkness of the hold. A thin spiral of smoke creeping up the companionway and curling out above the hatch covers on deck. Then sudden alarm, shouting and confusion. <laughs> Wild ring of alarm bells and frantic orders. Hey, where's the captain? Where's the mate? Jump! Jump! She's full of gunpowder. We haven't got a chance. Fire! There's fire coming up under the hatch. Mr. Burns, what do we do? All the way to starboard boats. Where's Captain Anderson? All the way and stand by to abandon ship. Well, all right. All right, Joe. That does it. Listen, Bart. We better be getting out of here. That's your life preserver? Yeah. Look. Look, there's the cruiser cutting through the fog. Come on, Joe. Over the rail. Jump for it and swim. Come on. Fire aboard the steamer Madison, loaded with high explosive shells and TNT. Boats go over the side, pull frantically for safety. And meanwhile, high up in the night sky, Superman sees a glow on the sea and heads swiftly downward. What's that? Looks like a fire on the water. And it looks like the Madison, too. Down we go. Down. Down. It is the Madison. She's a fire. And the men have taken to the boats. I'll swing down and make sure they're all right. They won't see me in the fog. 
Come on, pull. Pull hard. Mr. Burns, the captain. Where's Captain Anderson? Oh, hi there, Mr. Olson. Is the captain in your boat? No, I thought he was with you. With me? He's still on board. We've got to go back. Back. We can't do that, sir. Look at it. She'll go up any second. We can't go back now. Captain's still on board. Have to get him, quick. Down along the hull. If he'd been on deck, they'd have seen him. Must be down below. I'll hang on to the porthole and listen. Clinging to the steep, slippery side of the Madison, Superman's keen hearing picks up sounds inside the hull. Pounding. Someone's pounding inside the hull. No time to go up on deck and down the hatchway. I'll drive my way in from here, through the side. I wonder why they left the ship, why they didn't fight the fire. There, almost in, once more. Hey there, who was pounding? Here in the after hold. Get me out quick. Break down the door. There he is. Looks like the captain. Oh, yeah. Nitro board, get out. Get out. Here, hold up. You'll be all right. Oh, he's fainted. TNT, huh? No wonder they abandoned ship. Hey, that fire's getting mighty close. Come along, Captain. Good thing you can't see me. You'll be found floating in the water with a life preserver, and nobody will ever know who saved you. Out we go. Quick! Superman carries the unconscious form of Captain Anderson, wraps him in a life preserver, drops him in the sea near the lifeboats, and streaks again for the doomed ship. Touch and go now. That stuff will explode any second. But I've got to find the safe and get those papers. There's the bridge. Down. Down. Here we are. This is the captain's cabin, all right. And there's the safe. Well, one smash will open that up. And there's the package. Must be. Wrapped in oilskin, marked June Anderson. Pemberton, this is the time you lose. Now out. Fast. No time for the stairs. Out to the wall. And away. Hey, Mr. Burns. Stop. There's a man floating in a life preserver. It's the captain. It's Captain Anders. Get him aboard. Quick. Pull him over the side. It is the captain. How'd he get out here? Never mind that. Pull. Pull. There goes the ship. We'll never get clear. Pull. Outlined against a sheet of sudden orange flame, the steamer Madison explodes with a crashing roar. Fills the sky with screaming shells. Scatters flaring embers on the face of the sea. Do the boats get clear? What of Pemberton and Deneen? And meanwhile, what will Superman do with the precious oilskin package of papers? And what do the papers reveal? Tune in with us next time and follow the exciting transcription, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a 
And there you have it, everyone. Episodes 10, 11, and 12 of the 1940 Superman radio show. Again, if you want to go and listen to the episodes that came before these three, you can go back in our catalog to episodes 73, 82, and 86 to listen to the first nine episodes that come before these. Also, really quick before I get off here, I just wanted to mention really quick that September 19th, uh, the Candare crew is going to be attending the Cincinnati Comic Expo. We're not going to have a booth or anything. We're just going to be there as press, but we'll uh, definitely have our Candare t-shirts on. So keep an eye out for us. If you should happen to see us, come up to us, say hey. We'll give you a free bookmark. We just uh, would like to meet some of our listeners, get to talk to you for a little bit. It'd be kind of neat. And don't forget to go to our website, www.candarepodcast.com. You can uh, listen to the show, read up on past episodes, visit the Wall of Heroes. Uh, we even have a Candare comic book store on there, so you can go in there and look around a little bit. Videos you can watch, all kinds of cool stuff to do on there. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at CandarePod and on Instagram at Cand underscore Air. And uh, also our YouTube page, all kinds of stuff on there, unboxing videos. Uh, we still have the G.I. Joe PSAs. We're meaning to do more of those. We've just uh, been wrapped up with a lot of other stuff right now. And uh, like I said earlier at the beginning of the episode, keep an eye out on our YouTube channel because we're going to have that uh, video we've been working on this week hopefully in the next couple weeks post on youtube so uh it should be a lot of fun hopefully you all enjoy it all right well i think that about wraps it up so until next time i am jeremy collie and we'll see you next week superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in action comics magazine another great episode of canned air huh sure timmy was. let's go outside all right hey kids oh my god who's that it's creeper the worst gi joe character ever made that's right i heard you guys were gonna go outside why don't you stay inside and go to www.cannedairpodcast.com where you can get the scoop on past episodes, see movie trailers, and go to the Canned Air game store, video store, and comic book store. Yay! With cannedairpodcast.com, we'll never have to go outside again. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.